0: To A4 No B4 Yes. Hey guys, welcome to A4 No B4 Yes, the Zelda podcast that's currently following Ocarina of Time as we're doing our playthrough. We've gone through the child phase and we're now an adult entering the in-between stage of the fire temple and what lies beyond there's a couple things we're going to hit there first and uh, i'm cameron Hagee, and these are the people that are going to be covering this with me Uh, i'm your co-host ryan fonzi and i'm the
1: other co-host anthony
2: i'm really excited about this episode guys um i know that when we did the the child um section of the game um we kind of we did a chapter based on the people of kakariko and like um, just uh, the Hyruleans in general, um, between Castletown and Kakariko, and I feel like this is kind of like the chapter two of that section, um, and it kind of spans all across the map, and it's it's actually really cool. We're going to be covering the the big Goron sword quest and kind of attached quests that you can't really complete it unless you do first, um, but I think that there's a, actually a really cool story that it tells, actually i guess a couple stories that it tells really um and i i'm i don't know i'm just excited to cover it i mean i know that you, for you guys i think anthony i think you've done this one before but cam was this your first time ever doing the big goron sword quest
0: uh no it's not my first time ever doing it but all the times that i did it which is only maybe two or three out of all the times i've played this and never since i got it on the 3ds um I'd gotten it very close to the end of the game, like within the last temple to the final boss. I'd never gotten it earlier than post water temple for sure. So this is a new experience to be able to go through a few dungeons with the big or sword. And I'm kind of interested in doing another run where I go through and get it even earlier, like the earliest you possibly can. Yeah. Late
2: lately when I, when I do a play of this game, um I basically get the, get the hook shot and I think I might, I don't even think I get the bow. I think I just go straight for the big Goron sword because you really only need um, the hookshot and maybe a um, Pona to make this whole thing work. Because um, mm-hmm. you can get you can get everything you need and do the entire fetch quest before before you actually finish any of the dungeons, um, which is cool because you can play the entire adult scenario with this big Goron sword that's twice as strong as the master sword. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, I remember as a kid, like this. This was like. This was like the thing, like if you, if you had the game and you had friends who played the game, like we, you know, this is one of those things where you'd go back to school and you'd like ask for more help on and like, (laughs) like you had to know somebody who knew the process because it was a little bit, um, as a kid, it was hard to follow. I know that for sure. Um, kind of knowing where everything was supposed to go and um wh- wh- what item belonged to who like now with the power of google it's it's like it's nothing it's trivial but like back back then it was like it was this it was this big social puzzle that we were all trying to figure out and it was um it was cool
1: yeah the first time i did it, it was on the collector's edition because i didn't do it on when i played on n64 and i actually had the co- uh, the strategy guide for the collector's edition so i sort of had my own google when i did that <laughs> but yeah, it still was. It still it's still challenging even today to still meet the the time limit on the on some of the challenges that we're going to talk about in the big Goron quest.
2: Yeah. All right. So just to um to frame it, I guess um so we've talked about going to Goron City twice now and to the top of Death Mountain, um and we haven't really talked about these characters. There are a pair of Goron brothers um two brothers two brothers um they two of them yeah the show is called two brothers and so the there's one that's actually in the city and it's the i think it's the medi-goron or the midi-goron it's like it's something they basically say medium-sized goron which is funny because he's like the second largest goron and he's actually a giant compared to all the others um And when you're a kid, he's, he's kind of just like sitting there, he's in a forge, um, but you can only see his head, like from basically from his shoulders up, Um, maybe his arms are in the room too. But he says that he's working on something um, and that you should come back in five or six years, Um, which, you know, is convenient because, you know, you skip seven years time and you can come back and he'll sell you the giant's knife. The giant's knife is basically a replica almost of the big Goron sword that we're after um and if you swing it i want to say maybe like eight times like you hit something or hit a wall or something like that it'll it'll break and then you'll have a little dagger left over that's a broken sword um which is still functional you can still use it i think it does about the same as the kokiri sword um but it is uh it's terrible range and you still have to use two hands to wield it so you still can't use your shield um and basically it's this big troll move that the game does because it costs 200 rupees to buy um and i think i think if you break it he charges you the same to repair it um so it's not oh
0: i didn't even know you could repair it
2: yeah it's not worth it (laughs) it's not good um i think he'll repair it for if you take it back to the forge um but it'll break just as easy the next time like it doesn't it doesn't stick around at all um, If you want the real deal, you got to go to the Big Brother, who um, who's up at the top of Death Mountain. Like these are these are the two Gorons that were not like, well, two of the Gorons I guess that were not captured by Ganon's forces in our last episode. Um, And this no. is, pr- you know, for obvious reasons, you get up there and this dude is—they they pretty jinx. much just t- tall as the mountain. Um, And he yeah. is the Big Goron. I, I don't know if they call him Big Goron. They're Goro. the best rocks. Or Big Goron, but basically like it's big is in the name. He's the, uh, he's the B.I.G. Goron, man. Like he's huge. And, um, he, uh, he will tell you that he is even better at making swords than his brother, <laughs> which is funny. He, like, he doesn't actually offer to make you one yet. Um, he doesn't you know he doesn't say that he's selling them for anything he just tells you that yeah my brother like runs this like sword business or whatever but and he's good at it but i'm even better like if you don't believe me like just just trust me i'm better <laughs> it's like all right <laughs> great really wish you could just make one for me but um
0: yeah prove it bro
2: <laughs> right prove it put your put your money where your mouth is give me a sword
0: <laughs> yeah
2: um but it's not that simple like a lot of things in this game um so, to find well, to get him to make you a sword, I should I should say to get the sword, um, you actually don't even get the base sword from him. He'll repair a sword that he already made in the past. Um, so we're kind of on a mission to find that, and the way you get to it, um, doesn't like at no point does the game tell you that this is what you're even doing, um. Like, like, nobody in this, this is, I think, referred to commonly as the fetch quest. Um, and it's funny because it's actually a series of fetch quests that lead up to getting this big Goron sword. Um, actually, I, you know, I think it's called the trade quest more commonly than fetch quest, but I think I've heard it referred to as eh,
0: both. They but, both sound pretty accurate.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. So to begin this quest, we head back to Kakariko.
0: Yeah,
1: so we go back to Kakariko, and you probably would want to go there in the daytime unless you've already done this quest as a child. But we talk to the cuckoo lady, which I still keep wanting to call her Anya or Anja because I think that's her name in Majora's Mask. But that's beside the point. And if you collect her cuckoos for her, she will reward you with a bottle and give you a new quest. To train a new cuckoo, and so what you do here is you just I think like advance the song the use the sun song to advance twenty four hours. You make the egg hatch, and then a brand new chicken comes out of the egg. And you're probably wondering like, why do I have a chicken in my inventory? It's like, what is this? Is the most random part of this game? A po-
2: pocket cuckoo? Yeah, you get a pocket cuckoo. it's funny because when you're a kid she wants you to collect all the chickens but when you're an adult she takes one look at you and she's like you look like someone who might be good with cuckoos (laughs) (laughs) gives you this egg and i think even when you hatch it it says like something about it being happy if it wakes somebody who's very sleepy up and and she kind of says the same thing like if you let this cuckoo wake somebody up it'll make it happy um So, yeah, I mean, there's one character we know of who's constantly sleeping, but we haven't probably seen him since we were a kid. Um, And that would be Talon. Um, So, yeah, so Talon is in, you know, where the carpenters were when when you were a kid, like they were all kind of in the like at night, they would all go to the same house where this woman was cooking food. Yep. If you go back there again, uh, the carpenters are gone. Um, The woman is still there cooking the food. Um, but in this room, you'll find like uh, Little Richard's mom from Castletown, and you'll find, um, I think, the beard guys in this room um, that you guys love also very much. And then,
0: yeah, we do. <laughs>
2: Talon is actually sleeping on the bed. So before, I always thought that this woman cooking was the um, was the carpenter's wife, but that's not true. And this quest kind of reveals that to us. Um, I think she's just kind of running an in like a little like one room bed and breakfast where everyone just kinda chills in this dining room. Um but you can use the cuckoo to wake up Talon. Uh,
1: so you wake Talon up, he gets up in a hurry and he's like, What in is base? I think that's exactly what he says. And he, he yeah, runs off standard. and you're like no clue where he goes at all. He just runs runs the heck away. And at this point, you bring the cuckoo. Now that the cuckoo has become very, very happy, it woke somebody up. And you go back to cuckoo lady, and she will give you a special cuckoo. Corduro, The blue cuckoo that never crows. Unless it meets a nice guy.
0: <laughs> a nice
2: guy? A nice guy. Um... Yeah, I think she even said like maybe his previous owner or something like that. Like he rarely crows. Um, but the thing is, uh, uh Talon. I think just to tell the story, he doesn't, he doesn't run away. Th- I mean, like when you were a kid, he ran away when you woke him up. Um, in this one, he tells you the story of what happened to Lanlan Lan Ranch. Um, I don't think we've talked about it oh, yet. Yeah. Um, but Lanlan Lan Ranch was taken over by Ingo. Like that's why he's not there right now. That's why Malon is at this little thing. He's kind of a refugee of sorts. Um, um, so it's now Ingo ranch. Um, Ingo's working it, like he, he owns it. Malon is still there as a ranch hand. Um, and I guess like since Ganondorf took over, um, Ingo did something to deal with, like to, to, to make a deal with Ganondorf where he ended up kind of owning and operating this ranch. Um, and Talon was removed.
0: Yeah, he pledged his allegiance to Ganondorf.
2: Yeah. Um, so now that we have Kojiro, the blue cuckoo, um, I think it's worth going and kind of talking about that the the situation at the ranch and kind of what you end up doing there. Um, just because like this uh trade quest involves a lot of timers. Um and the timers mm-hmm. are about like traversing Hyrule in under a certain amount of time. And uh having a Pona um is one of the most useful things <laughs> to do just to, to save yourself some stress. Um you can make this entire quest on foot. I've seen it done, but it is like you're normally running down to the wire if you do that. Um so yeah. You don't like-
1: want to do that to Link's poor little young lungs. <laughs>
2: yeah um so yeah so like we're gonna we're gonna go kind of cover the opponent section plus you needed to kind of um cross a bridge later anyway so so we should just go and cover that now um
0: i didn't do too much exploring on the ranch uh like what was on the sides but i i went straight into getting opponent i can cover that i don't know if you guys really looked around too much first
2: um I looked around a little bit, uh, just, just enough to talk to Malon. She, she basically tells you the story of Ingo taking over the ranch and, and how like she has to stay there. Otherwise Ingo will mistreat the animals so badly. Um, so again, just kind of goes back to Malon being good with animals, being this empathetic character. Like she, she really feels the need to stay where she's at right now. Um, even though her father was effectively banished from the ranch. Um, she's, she's kind of there as like a, um, I don't know, a, a an advocate for the, for the animals, <laughs> um, while this is all going on
0: a friend, right?
2: Um, but yeah, I mean, getting a Pona, I think will kind of lead us into what's going on with Ingo and kind of where he's at.
0: All right. So we head up towards the area where before we found, uh, Malon singing to Epona and all the little horses running around. Except now it's all gated in and Ingo is standing at the only entrance to the gate. So we go over and we talk to him and he tells us about how this is his ranch now. And after pledging his allegiance to Ganondorf, he's been allowed to operate uh, this um, ranch in his name, I guess. Yeah. And he'll ask you if he wants... Uh, If you want to pay him 10 rupees to get in and play around and ride with the horses. (laughs) So you do, because that's really the only option that you have. And he's charging you for it, which before obviously wasn't a thing. You get inside and the first time you can't really do anything. Uh, This would be the time to get acquainted with the horse controls, I'd say. Uh, Just hop on a horse, run it around, see what the buttons do. Get used to the controls. The timer runs out and he yells at you. He says, hey, that's it. Long enough. Get out. Right. Kicks you out, being a a major meanie about it. And so you talk to him, and you go, you know what, this time, we're getting her out. (laughs) So you pay the 10 rupees, you get in, you play Epona's song, and up until this point, if you try to run over to Epona, she will run away from you. Uh, But if you play the song, instead of running away, she'll run to you. You don't even have to move, she'll come right up to you. Hop on her, uh, run over to Ingo and talk to him, and he'll... Say wow. Uh so you got on a horse, awesome. Do you want to race for 50 rupees? Like a bet.
2: Yeah, I think there's a a bit where you have to like impress him. You have to make a few of the jumps inside the corral for him to like respect your riding enough to challenge you to a race. Um I don't know. I feel like the rules change every time I get in there, but um there's just I just there's a little extra you got to do, but it's it's whatever. This isn't supposed to be a full walk. We we are still trying to target story. So go ahead. <laughs>
0: Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure about that. I did do that a little bit anyways, but I didn't actually know if that was a contributing factor. Uh, So we start the race with uh, Ingo, 50 rupees on the line. Counts down, three, two, one. But before go, Ingo decides he wants to run off a little bit. Kind of cheats, gets the head start. Does he do the traditional, like, and, like, raise his fist up in the air? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he goes, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh so you got to beat him. It's actually not the easiest race because he's almost guaranteed to start off in front of you because of how he kind of cheats a little. And he he's programmed to dodge left and right to keep you out. Like like a vehicle trying to keep you from passing them is always going to try to stay in front of you. Uh, I did actually end up losing the race a few times, not on the first go. Gotcha. So my my
1: foolproof strategy of beating him is just using every single carrot in the beginning of the race and then hug to the right of the gate to get around him. Once you're in front of him, it's sort of like need for speed where you're just trying, you're just like, every everywhere he moves, you just want to move in front of him because he actually can't push past you. So as long as you're in front of him, he won't be, you can go as slow as you want. As long as you're in front of him, uh, he won't be able to get past you. Obviously, you're going to use your carrots, you know. But yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. as long as you use them all in
0: the beginning and just get in front of them, like, you're pretty much golden.
2: Yeah. Once
0: you're in front of him, you're pretty much good. He never passed me a single time. It's getting past him that can be difficult sometimes.
2: Yeah, I, I find that, like, if he's going to pass me, normally it's because I've used all my carrots. and uh, Normally, if I'm going to mess this up, that's how I mess it up, is I accidentally use my last carrot. Because, like, the carrots will come back faster i think it's where no the carrots are like your speed boost They just is a symbol on the screen you press a and it uses up one carrot and that makes the opponent run faster but like if you use them all up the uh the refresh time for them all like gets delayed by a few seconds like it's like triple as long yeah it takes forever for them all to come back and they all kind of come back at once um but if you use even all but one you just have at least one then um the timer is like pretty short and then they all kind of like progressively come back in um but even with that it's still it's still a faster reload overall yeah Um, they
0: come back in about second increments
2: yeah so um i always try to keep my carrots active and then you know but i I do Mm -hmm. use a few in the beginning just to get ahead and then and then just try to make sure i don't run out of them so that i can always stay ahead just via speed but yeah there's a couple different ways to do this
0: A strategy I found after losing a few times that I don't know how easy it is to do because I just got it twice in a row is I was spamming A, which is the button to use the carrot, the speed boost, right in the beginning and managed to accelerate from completely nothing to a sprint like almost immediately without doing the beginning animation of from a, a stop. And I was able to get in front of him like right out of the gate, pretty much overtook him in the first 10 feet of the course on the last two attempts I made at it. You're using Mario Kart hacks. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm revving up the engine to the perfect point. <laughs> it's just
2: the, the, the top of the two count when the you know, little Akidu puts his hand up, that's when you press A. <laughs>
0: yep, and that's how you get the good boost. And yeah, once you beat him the first time, he challenges you. He gets very angry. He's very upset at himself for losing and at you for beating him. Yeah, he's- And he says, you know what? This is it. I don't have any more money or I don't want to spend any more money. So if you win, I'll let you have the horse. Yeah. So he just puts Epona, the one you're riding up on the line for the reward for the next race, the revenge match.
2: Yeah. He's um he's kind of upset that he's going to have to go back to Ganondorf and tell him what happened. Um, And then he's also like, is that Apona? <laughs> like, how did you tame her? You know, because um, he was going to originally get well, he
0: says that at the end when you actually win. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you do the second race, it's the exact same as the first, except he cheats even more and goes at, like, in between two and one instead of, like, right at one. So he gets even further ahead of you.
2: Yeah, and he abuses that horse, man. He just smacks it over and over again. Like, he uses up all the carrots multiple times. Um, yeah,
0: he's got a lot of carrots.
2: Yeah. um, It's rough to watch <laughs> um, him just smack the horse that many times, but,
0: yeah... And then that's when he notices that it's Epona and that, (laughs) how did you tame that stubborn horse right under my nose? Yeah, he was
2: going to, I guess he was going to offer her up to to Ganondorf um, as like a prized horse because she is the fastest one. Um, But he, you know, he's been having trouble actually taming her enough to do that. So, so he's like, I'll keep my promise. You can keep the horse, but I'm not letting you out of here. And he closes the gate.
0: Yeah, you're trapped in there for eternity. You can never leave Game Over <laughs> GG soft... Uh, Good job. <laughs> soft lock. Good job. You got the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo, game why over. did you program the game like this? It's terrible. But wait, you can jump over small fences. Or giant fences, apparently. And a very small portion. Yeah. Yeah, actually, in some cases. Yeah. And a small portion of the r- area around the ring is actually a small fence. Yeah. Well, the
2: fe- I was gonna say, like that fence is like taller than you and the horse put together. So, like it, it seems like a it seems like an insurmountable fence. But once you try to jump it, you get like one of the most iconic cutscenes of Epona, like it's beautiful, jumping straight out the you know straight out the ranch and just like running out into Hyrule field, superb, making like a victory run. It's great,
0: immaculate.
2: Um, just just before we move on from from this grand experience. Um, if you go back and talk to Talon, um, and basically share with him that the, you know, the ranch has been liberated, um, by this act, he'll actually go back there. Um, if you go back before he does, which, you know, if you don't talk to him first, you just go back. Um, Malon will be like out with the horses and she'll tell you that, um, her dad is going to be coming back and that she's like so happy about what happened. Um, Ingo is kind of like, Bowing and smiling, and he's like, he no longer owns the ranch, um, and uh, I've I've heard it described that he becomes a much more humble and happy person, and it's true. Like he's like, oh man, I'm so grateful just to be able to work here. Like I love this. He's like, it's almost yeah, like after what I did. Yeah, he completely changes his perspective on things, which is is really cool. Um, um, what I find even cooler is that when Ta- uh, yeah when Taylon comes back. Um, if you come back at night, um, normally, you know, when when you were a kid, Ingo would be working out in the stable all night long and he'd have red eyes and he'd be swaying. Like he's about to like collapse. Um, and he was super bitter. Um, but when you come back at night, um, Talon will actually be out in the field, like out at the gate. And if you talk to him, he's, he'll talk to you about how he's, you know, looking to turn a new leaf and he's not going to be this lazy sleeping guy anymore. Um, you know, Melon's overjoyed that everything's kind of back and her dad's able to come back. And But if you go inside the the house where Talon used to hang out with the cuckoos all the time and you go up into the bedroom above it, um, Ingo's actually sleeping. Like, he's actually, you know, he's able to, to go to bed, like, whereas before he <laughs> wasn't because Talon wouldn't do any work. So, like, it kind of reveals this whole story of, like, you know, Ingo kind of being mistreated on this ranch and – Having this bitter root grow, where he just became this. It got so bad that he started working for Ganondorf, and like, was totally just about like himself, and like, you know, I'm gonna own this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the the hero, like, or whatever. Not the hero, but like, I'm gonna own this ranch. I'm gonna be the boss the way I should have been. Um, and like, he kind of destroys this family and and really kind of ruins the ranch for a little bit. Um, but then once you know, once you kind of teach everybody their lesson, you know um ingo humbles out becomes happier taylon comes back decides that he's not going to be a lazy man anymore and then ingo is able to actually get some sleep and he's no longer mistreated on the ranch either um which is really cool like it's just a really cool resolution for all of the characters um i know that you know it's really easy like it and when i was a kid i definitely felt this way that ingo was just this big mean guy all the time and it didn't really occur to me that he actually he had a reason to be a disgruntled worker, you know um, what he chose to do with it wasn't great. But like the fact that now being able to see that, like, no, like everybody kind of has a happy ending here. Um, like it kind of made me feel that I've always misunderstood Ingo a little bit. Um, just kind of looking at his character and looking at, okay, like why, why are people driven to do evil things sometimes? Um, and kind of like having that, that deeper I guess, explanation for his actions rather than just being like, oh, he's just a jerk. <laughs> like, that's not really true. Um,
1: it's a good message yeah. for not only just employees at an establishment, but it's also a good takeaway for any managers as well that might possibly be playing Zelda because, you, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. listen to your employees. <laughs> like, you know, they might, they might have something to say, they might not be... You know, they might be sick of how you're treating them, so
0: it's a good message. And even if even if you're the one in control and the one in, in the power in this situation, doesn't mean that you should take advantage of that and try to overwork other people so that you can have an easier end of the day. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately that can and sometimes will come to bite you in the butt, and at somebody else's expense probably. Like what happened to Ingo.
2: Yeah. So cool. So we got our horse. We were able to.
0: Um... But what about Kojiro? <laughs> yeah, we got Kojiro still. Um... Yeah, we do. So how did you guys actually find out where you have to take Kojiro? Because I'm going to be honest. I just went straight to online because I wasn't sure like how to locate where this. Like, Were there any hints you guys found in the game towards um, how to get this to its destination?
2: Here's Here's the thing. I never found a hint. Okay, I shouldn't say that. I realized a hint but only after I already knew where to go. Um, when I was a kid, somebody walked me through this. I don't know if it was you, Anthony. I don't know if it was somebody else who was a Zelda fan. Like I like I had other friends who were into the game, but I don't remember who shared with me about this. But one detail that never left my mind was this blue cuckoo and the fact that it was supposed to go to this guy in the woods. Um. So as an adult, like... Um, there's, there's actually one other sleeping person in the game. If you run into them, um, normally you would run into them when you're on your way to the forest temple or something like that. Like if you go to where the skull kid is, there's a sleeping person, um, who doesn't really respond to you at all. Um, and I, so I just kind of knew from, from playing this mission before that, that this person was a part of the trade quest. Um, what I didn't realize is that if you go into the lost woods at all, like when you go back towards Kokiri Village, you know how you go on the bridge that's just like dips into the Lost Woods for like just that bridge and then you go into the Kokiri Forest? Um, yeah. When you're on that bridge, Kojiro will crow. Um, and then if you go up through um, like Kokiri Village and you actually enter the Lost Woods again, I imagine if you enter from any direction, uh, Kojiro will crow again. Um so he's kind of signaling to you that something important about this cuckoo happens in the Lost Woods. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's the only that's the only hint I, I was able to catch. Um, it was really cool because I remember I got on the bridge and I heard the rooster and I was like, I never noticed. Like, did it just hit morning, <laughs> like right before right as I was leaving the field? And I was like, no, it didn't. That's the cuckoo in my pocket. Um, So it I was wish really- I didn't
1: play with my sound off.
2: Yeah, it was a cool detail that I kinda I spotted this time that I'd never realized before. Hmm.
0: And that bridge is actually directly connected to the area where that guy is. Yeah. Because when you finally get in there, you can just walk around the corner and see that bridge.
2: Right. Um so that's all I have for that. I mean, there's a um there's a there's a potion shop owner in Kakariko that we never talked about. Um there's actually like two potion shops. I don't know if they're both actually called potion shop, but uh, there's the one with like the happy guy who used to be in Castletown, but if you go behind his shop, there's another potion shop, and there's a, an old woman who kind of mentions that she's always wanted to go smell the smells of uh, the Lost Woods or something like that. Like She says that there's some kind of special mushroom that's said to be out there.
0: Um, I think I think that one's referred to as the secret potion yeah, shop. Yeah, I was going to say. The
2: secret potion shop? Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the regular one and the secret one.
2: Gotcha. Um so yeah. Um um so if you take Kojiro to this guy out in the woods, um it will wake him up. Um and you might recognize him as the carpenter's son um that we met when we were a kid in Kakariko. Um he's like he's skin and bones now. Like he's like he looks even worse than he did when he was in Kakariko. Um and he actually says like he's actually surprised to hear that Kojiro would crow for you um and that you must be a nice person um which is a huge contrast you're a
0: nice guy yeah
2: you're a nice guy like which is a huge contrast cuz this was the dude who was like my own mother and father are disgusting everyone's disgusting right um and now he's like oh you're you must be a nice guy um and
0: this cuckoo <laughs> validates people for this man right um it is a wonderful relationship
2: <laughs> it's you know it's a symbiotic Relationship, they're codependent. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, Kojiro
0: is the yin to his yang. Exactly, his third eye.
2: And he's he's <laughs> missing it when he came into these woods, apparently. So,
0: and he trusts you now because of that.
2: Yeah. Um. And so what he ends up giving you is like the forest mushroom, which you know we were just talking about the secret potion shop. Um. Is actually where that mushroom goes. He actually says, "Give it to the old hag." <laughs> Um, I I, I think he says the old hag at the potion shop in Kakariko.
0: Um, but there's a stipulation on delivering the mushroom to the secret potion shop in Kakariko. Yeah, it's like a there's a time limit. Yeah,
2: it only stay fresh for a certain amount of time.
0: Who knows how long he's had it on him? But there's only two minutes remaining on the freshness (laughs) of this specific mushroom, and none others are in existence for you to obtain. Yeah, so you better get running.
2: Right. So you only have a couple minutes to make it all the way back and no which, cheating. You know, having a Pona helps a lot. Um,
0: did anyone try to cheat and teleport like me the first time?
2: No, I knew about that, so I didn't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just immediately says the time is up and you fail and then it says do you want to retry? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I do actually.
2: <laughs> it's really nice that the game put that in there because otherwise you'd be running all yes. the way back and it would be or you'd yes, be teleporting. That'd be horrible
0: ideas, still it would still be bad enough.
2: Yeah. So so you do like so you take it back to the old hag and <laughs> I don't like calling her an old hag. It feels mean, but that's what the game calls her. So, I don't know. It's Here's the thing. Um
0: official name.
2: Yeah. I, I don't want to call her that. Here's here's the actual what I believe <laughs> is the identity of this person, right? So, you know how I thought that the woman cooking was the carpenter's wife? Um I think that's not true at all. I think um when you go back, um, when you were a kid in this area and you go into what is like now the regular potion shop, like I don't remember what it was when you were a kid. It's pretty much just an op- like an empty building. Um, but one of the carpenters during the day will actually stand guard in front of this hallway. I think he's there at night too, but he basically says that the carpenter actually lives behind this shop. Um, and he's like, you know, he's like, he's basically kind of standing guard there and he's like, yeah, carpenter lives on the other side of here. Um, so if you go through as an adult, there's no carpenter there to block your way. It's just a potion shop with an open hallway and you can get back there. Not that you you couldn't get back there before. Like when you were a kid, you could cuckoo your way over. It's actually part of the cuckoo mission um, or the cuckoo side quest, I should say. Um, and the door would just be locked and it would say, oh, we're not open yet or whatever. And the it's like went to go look for mushrooms or what have you, right? Forever. Right. Um, but as an adult, when you get back there, that, that second, the secret potion shop is now open. Um, and I think what they were trying to get at is that this is where the carpenter actually lives. Um, which would make this quote unquote old hag, um, the actual carpenter's wife. Um, and the reason I think that is because the carpenter's son has gone to get this mushroom for her And wants you to deliver it to her. And when you do, when you finally get the mushroom back to her, she's like, "Oh, that kid! Like he had to go out into the forest, didn't he? Like, like he he talked. She talks about him as if he was kind of like this defiant son, or like he just didn't listen to the advice not to go, or or something like that. You know." Um, Hmm. the other detail worth mentioning. That's interesting. Yeah. The the and like I guess one thing that I think we forgot was that. Um, when the cuckoo lady gives you Kojiro in the first place, I think she actually says that it was her brother's cuckoo. Um, so suddenly like the layers of Kakariko are starting to peel back. And what you realize is that the carpenter, the potion shop lady, the carpenter's son and the cuckoo lady are all part of one nuclear family. Um, and they just didn't tell you all of that to start out for whatever reason. (laughs) Um, but they're like the Kakariko family. <laughs> um, I don't think that's, you know, what they're actually called or anything, but like that's that's kind of how the game presents now. Um it's a secret. Right. And then so like the, the other thing about the secret potion shop that I love is that um she has a cat. <laughs> she's just petting a cat the whole time. You walk in, she's like <laughs> she can smell the mushroom that you have when you walk in. But she's like, if you look at her, she's doing like the um the godfather thing. She has a cat up on the counter, and she's just petting it the whole time.
0: It's funny. I didn't even notice, honestly.
2: <laughs> so no more dogs in Hyrule, but there is one cat. <laughs> Meow. Oh,
0: uh, there is something else to talk about very briefly, I guess, while we're in Kakariko Village. Uh, there's a... If we got the bow and arrow, which we did in our this run-through, we can do the archery range. And beating the archery range will get you the bigger quiver. And every subsequent time you beat it, you get 50 rupees, the purple rupee. Oh, yeah,
2: that's actually what the Carpenters were working on when you were a kid.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's the build. It's pretty cool. A mini game, Right? It's nigh it's
1: impossible the, with the, the, the Wii mo- if you play on the virtual console.
2: It's <laughs> nigh impossible.
1: But
0: very easy with the motion controls on a 2 or 3DS.
2: Yeah, I've been playing it on GameCube, and it's it's nice, but... It's, um, there's a, there's kind of a trick to it, but kind of not like it. They, the, the patterns of rupees, like they kind of come in pairs, but they randomize the pairs. So you have to like, yeah, kind of get a feel moment to moment what you're supposed to do next. But I don't know. It's, it's like different. It's actually the same, the same archery shop from when you were a kid, just meant for the bow and, and randomized. So it's, um, it's kind of cool in that way, but
0: yeah. I, I only missed one shot in the two times I beat it. I'm kind of proud of myself. But so now, yeah, the lady gave us uh, herbal medicine, or the the old hag gave us some herbal medicine. Yeah,
2: I'm gonna call it the carpenter's wife uh, in return wife.
0: for <laughs> the carpenter's wife gave us herbal medicine in return for uh, the mushroom that we brought her.
2: Yeah, and it's and it's medicine for the kid who gave you the mushroom in the first place. Um, so I don't know if he had some kind of ailment before and he went looking for the ingredient he needed for his own saving, or if he was legitimately just trying to go and get this mushroom for his mom. Um, but I mean, he calls her an old hag. So my guess is that, you know, something about this wasn't quite.
0: Yeah. Probably not too altruistic on his part.
2: Yeah. So, so I don't know, like part of me. Okay. So this is like the, the, I don't want to say the greatest tragedy, but it's like, it's one of the biggest, like saddest stories of this game um kind of tied into this quest um and kind of right off the bat too when you think about it um because when you go back to deliver this medicine to the carpenter's son um he's not there anymore um and the thing is like he just he just started to get to a point in his life where he was able to accept other people as not being disgusting right like like seven years ago, he was just a total jerk and he, like, he just was up, like, bitter and upset with everybody and everything. Um, and you know, we, I, we kind of postulated that, um, that was because of his relationship with his dad. And you see how he's like this overbearing carpenter boss man. And like that, that might have had something to do with it. Just like his home life, like, being kind of what it was might not have been great. But, but either way, he was taking it out on the world. Um, which isn't, which isn't great um but to see that he's like able to admit that you're a nice guy that he's he's getting this mushroom that his his mom seems to have always been kind of after and wanted to be able to smell it it just seems like he's kind of changed as a person and unfortunately it came just a little too late like he's um cuz he gets lost to the lost woods um you go back and instead of him you see Fado there who we we talked about before um and she uh she basically gives the story about like how this man isn't here anymore um everybody who comes into the woods will become a stalphos right everybody stalphos everybody stalphos like she just repeats it and it it's <laughs> ridiculous but but the point is there like it it's it sounds kind of creepy when you think about it um but she uh when she realizes you have the money cuz you can offer her the mushroom instead or the the medicine instead And she'll basically say, "Oh, this was made with mushrooms from the forest. It belongs in the forest. Give it back." Um, And she and she'll take it from you, and she'll give you the 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 poacher's um, saw, which is you know presumably a a hand saw, a little like a little, I mean, just probably a few inches long. It's not it's not like a big tree cutting saw or anything like that. Um, And I believe it's for like cutting mushrooms and stuff like that. Like that's why it's called the poacher saw. I think it's meant for harvesting things. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's just a sad story. Like, I find it to be rather tragic that this carpenter's son is lost to the woods in this way. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about it. there's actually a
1: comment that Lynn makes in, uh, there's actually a comment he makes once he gets the poacher's saw, that he kind of comments over what Fado said. He has, like, a little in, in in-memory thought where he says, huh, everybody Gets lost to the Lost Woods. Will I get lost? Like that's actually what comes across the screen. I don't know if you guys read that, but it sort of had me thinking. And I was talking to Cameron about this. That Link is a Hylian. He's not a Kokiri. He thought he was a Kokiri. And we learn early on that any child who enters the Lost Woods becomes a Skull Kid, and any adult who enters the Lost Woods and gets lost becomes a Stalphos. So you have to sort of wonder, like, is it just the powers that Link has and the courage that's keeping him from actually turning into a uh, Stalfos? Or when he was a kid, was it that courage that Deku Tree gave him that was keeping him from turning into a Skull Kid that everybody else got lost? So, you know, what? why not Link, basically? Because he didn't really have the Triforce at that point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've seen some theories on it. Um, I know that the Deku Tree reco- like, finds that he's the child of destiny, you know, and kind of um, decides to raise him as a Kokiri. Um But again, like he didn't have a fairy until he was like 10, right? Um, so I don't know, like one of the theories that I saw was that um, he was only protected by the fact that he had a fairy, but that can't really be true because he didn't have one until he was 10 years old. So, like, he could have been lost entirely before that. Um, Unless, you know, you argue that he never actually left the village until he was 10, in which case, you know, he would have just been held in Kokiri Forest without, you know, without being exposed. Um, But, like...
0: It doesn't... Yeah. It doesn't seem like too many of the Kokiri are in favor of going into the Lost Woods. Seems like Saria and... Later on, I guess Fado are the only ones that really do it. Mito does it once. Yeah,
2: and Mito, Mito will like stand guard for for them as well. I don't think we ever talked about Mito.
0: Yeah, Mito did it because he was asked to.
2: We probably should have done that. Mito is still in this Lost Woods, by the way. Like, if you go over <laughs> to the Zoro's domain, I'm pretty sure he's still standing there. Um, after even after you've beaten the um forest temple, sorry, is
1: not coming back.
2: Right, and he kind of has that thought of like he doesn't think she's coming back, and he's like, you know, like. I I really wish that Link had come back um, before this all happened because, you know, he still doesn't realize it's you. And he's like, "Um, because Saria really liked him. Like he almost like kind of spills the beans (laughs) Um, and then stops and realizes like, wait, why am I telling you any of this? Like, and just kind of like keeps it moving. But um, he, he, in fact, I think mentions that like he wanted, he wishes he could have apologized to Link for being so mean. Um, when he was when they were younger you know um or all those years ago or something because he's not any older i mean he's still a kid Mito. but um it's actually a really cool moment with him kind of like the ingo moment like for him to kind of fess up to having been a jerk and like really seems to be this like helpful guy now who who really wishes he had a chance to make amends like um again, it's kind of bittersweet um that he doesn't recognize you but still has all these feelings and still ends up sharing them to you unknowingly um because he doesn't get resolved from that, but you kind of do you know um I don't know, just another cool side story that is like two rooms away from what we're working on now, so yeah,
1: yeah, definitely, all right, well, we've pretty much wrapped up the the lost woods portion of the fetch quest and so now you have this poacher's saw, and you have to take it somewhere. And uh, did you guys like know exactly where you were taking it when you got it? Because I think it kind of hints that. I think it mentions that it was this that guy's dad's or something like that. I think they give you that hint.
2: Um, I don't remember the hint. I don't remember how I knew. I, I'm I, honestly at this point, I may have been, and this at least for this playthrough. I may have been looking things up at this point, <laughs> um, but the
0: Kakariko—yeah, there's no—the Kakariko Carpenter was the poacher. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why his son hated him. I bet. But you have no clue, you know where they've gone,
1: you know, because they're not in—they're not in uh, Kakariko anymore. So honestly, I don't know the clue they would give you, but. We're going to a new place that we've never been before, and this is called Gairdu Valley. So when we go to Hyrule Field, there will actually be a little path out to the west that you probably would have never gone on unless you were curious. And you couldn't really do much there yet except for fall into the river and end up in Lake Hylia. But now we have Epona. And with Epona, we know that Epona has big game, big jumps. and you can actually have another awesome cinematic scene of Epona jumping over the valley. Man, it's it's honestly one of my favorite scenes in the whole game. It's just like slowly just gliding over the thing and then slamming down on the ground.
2: Yeah, it's another one of those cool cutscenes like... um. Like, when you play us the, the Saria song for Darunia, like, you can do this as many times as you want. Like, you can jump Epona over the bridge, and every time it'll give you a cutscene for jumping over the bridge. Um, so, it's kind of cool in that way. Which um, was crazy for the N64, by the way. Yeah. I think worth mentioning is that when you were a kid, if you came to this area, that bridge was still built. Um, there was, like, a, a Gerudo kind of barricade in the way. They wouldn't let you cross over um and they were kind of you know closing themselves off from the rest of hyrule it seemed like um and now it's gotten to the point where the bridge is just straight up destroyed um so it's for most people kind of impossible to cross over i actually don't know how the carpenters got to the other side of it um they're but carpenters. they did and they're actually there hook shots yeah they all have hook shots um <laughs> <laughs> they just one after the other um
0: yeah one plank at a time taking them over.
2: Or, you know, maybe just the maybe just the carpenter had one and the rest all just kinda latched onto him and <laughs> just a big ball of carpenters. <laughs> 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 but yeah. Um so they're all over there and they're actually there to or at least they, they went over there to repair this bridge. Um, which I think is, is kind of symbolic. Um we haven't talked about the Gerudo people yet. And well there'll there'll be a whole episode that kind of dives into that a little bit more and we can kind of discuss what the uh, implications of rebuilding bridges uh, kind of means for them. Um, But yeah, it's uh, they're, they're over there to repair the bridge, but the rest of them are, are captured currently. And again, future episode um, except for the actual boss carpenter. Um, So we are able to do this quest as long as we can jump the bridge with Epona.
1: So, Yeah, you give the carpenter the poacher's saw, and he sort of goes, Oh, thank you. You know, I've been missing this thing. I think he talks about his son. I can't remember exactly. And he's like, I don't really have anything for you in return, like money or anything, but... I can give you this broken big Goron sword. I don't think he says big Goron
2: sword. He says no. broken
1: sword here. No, he um or dagger.
2: He calls it a tool. He's like, oh, you know, I broke my Goron tool. I've been meaning to get it repaired, but <laughs> I haven't mm. yet. And he kind of, he's like, you can take this instead. And he, he gives you the broken. I mean, it is a broken big Goron sword, but it um, it, I think the game calls it just a broken sword. I think, um, but he calls it a Goron tool. Which is kind of funny. Like it's it's like too big to be a conventional sword, so he must have been using it for some kind of carpenter purpose. Um, would
0: yeah. be a toothpick uh, to the guy that made it, so maybe that's what he means by tool,
2: right?
1: And with the tool, it's a big Goron weapon, and we know who fixes big Goron weapons: the two brothers, <laughs> the two brothers. So yeah, we go back up to the top of Death Mountain and. Once we get up there, we talk to the big man himself, uh, the better brother, I should say, the bigger better yeah, don't, brother. Yeah. Don't talk
2: to the businessman who's just out to repair swords for money. Like that's yeah, yeah. Um, go to the big one, um, who who normally would tell you how he's so great, but you know doesn't actually sell swords. Um, <laughs> and this, but
0: he's in a crisis right yeah, now. Yeah, and <laughs> and this time a when you talk to crisis. him,
2: you can show him the sword. But like he's he's all he's in all kinds of pain. Like he's moaning, he's flailing, he's like he's upset and if he's squinting. Yeah, squinting. That's a big, big detail. Um because when he sees the sword, he's like, Oh man, I really want to repair that. But um but I got smoke in my eyes from yesterday's eruption. <laughs> so I need I need these <laughs> the, uh eye drops to help me to out. Use. Like and he, he ends up asking you if you'll run the errand for him, and he gives you the uh prescription for eye drops
0: yeah it turns out he has special goron eyes and actually needs special Zora eye drops in order for his uh, special goron eyes yeah. to be cured
2: like can I just go to the secret potion shop? No, they don't have my brand <laughs> I have
0: yeah, special eyes that's what it feels like <laughs> right. like you have to go to the royalty of an entire different like species in order to get the exact eye drops this guy wants yeah
1: he's like go to King Zora he'll fix me up and it's like how do you even know him? like when have you ventured to king zora You're like yo what up guy he could probably see him
0: like through the waterfall <laughs> He's so big yeah
2: yeah um this is one of the coolest things about this mission um because it takes you everywhere like you you go back to Ca- you, i mean you go back to Kokiri forest um like you go to the Lost Woods, right? Like you start out in Kakariko, you go up Death Mountain, you go to Zora's Domain. I think, I mean, one, in one of these, we
0: went to Gerudo Valley, went to
2: Gerudo Valley. We haven't
0: even been there. One yet. of these
2: missions, we go to Lake Hylia, like we haven't gotten to that one yet, yep. but like, but like it literally takes you to every corner of the map um to solve this like and and what you find is that there's just so many connections across hyrule like people knowing each other and actually working with each other and like different races that actually interact where otherwise you you might look at the the map and just be like wow Hyrule's pretty segregated <laughs> um according mm-hmm. to race right now so um but it's not that's like not really the story it's like everyone kind of sticks to their habitat but um But, you know, it's not there actually is collaboration, like all of the people of Hyrule actually do work together on things, um, especially medical needs, I guess. But um, I don't know. It's just it's kind of cool to me how the story spans the map like that.
0: It is. Uh, It's funny that the only place that you don't actually go to is Hyrule, but to be fair, there's not really much going on there anymore these days, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's fair that there's not anybody there.
1: Collect one skin graft from a (laughs) re-dead. Is about all (laughs) (laughs) you
0: can do? Go Go talk to that weird, creepy ghost guy. We're gonna need a Poe and a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) We need a Poe to trade, boys.
2: Um... Yeah, no. I'm mean, going back to the castle, like knocking on the doors, like, "Hey, uh, uh, Ganondorf, um, Big Goron has an eye problem." He's like, "What do you want me to do about it?" <laughs> <It's>
0: like, <laughs> like, like right. care about his eyes? Come on, it's man. not my bro. Come on. <laughs> so we we have this prescription now for these special Zora, um, eye drops. And we go to Zora's domain in order to obtain, said Zora eyedrops. Uh, Except there's a problem. King Zora, uh, well, first of all, all of the Zoras are gone. None are are to be found. We later learn that they might be trapped under uh, some ice. Everything is frozen over, uh, which is terrible. And King Zora himself is trapped in magical red ice that is magical red ice. Yeah. Yep. You cannot do anything to melt it. Nothing. It's kind of a... That ice stole the power of fire. uh Did it? (laughs) Fire is normally red. This ice is now red, which means the ice has stolen the power of the fire. And now, how do you think you would melt normally blue, but now red ice would be probably with normally red, now blue fire? Yeah,
2: the fire has stolen the wisdom of water. What?
0: Yes. They've traded position (laughs) in one particular area (laughs) right now. That's a really smart fire. and that's really it's strong ice it's true that the ice this. is very strong actually
2: <laughs>
1: my brain yeah he's he's just sitting there we can't do much with him right it's now great. and so we go out to where Jabu Jabu was and Jabu Jabu is no longer there and the entire lake is just completely frozen over and where Jabu Jabu once was is a bunch of icebergs floating in the water
2: I I will say there's one that suspiciously is, like, in the place of Jabu Jabu. Um, But it's a
0: lot smaller than Jabu
2: Jabu. It is. um, But I also know that certain sicknesses that fish can get will make them get smaller. Uh,
0: Don't make me say it.
2: I don't. At this point, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, I kind of thought that the bigger ice block that was behind the one where the fish Jabu Jabu normally is was him because it's a lot bigger. Yeah. Well, you you could also be right, because it's probably not in too good of a shape if it froze over.
2: Right. Um,
0: I mean, either
2: way, there's there's no more Jabu Jabu. It's kind of sad. I mean, we don't know what exactly happened to him. I mean, the the me- immediate assumption is he he done got froze with the rest of the Zoras. <laughs> but,
1: he could um, be like one of those fish that actually like uh the stargazers that actually dig into the dirt and hibernate. Oh
2: <laughs> yes. He could. I mean, be. he's
1: more of like a whale, but I, I don't think that that exactly is and like that.
2: But he know, used his magical powers to shrink down to the size of a normal fish, and then went to Termina, <laughs> where you can fish for him in Majora's Mask.
0: Yes, <laughs> I like it. Make it canon. <laughs> uh, so there's two main things that we can do right now back here where Jabu Jabu used to be. We can jump across some moving, floating ice platforms, and we can grab a piece of heart real quick directly in front of us as we're like running up the steps over Jabu Jabu. And then we can go to the left, uh, coming up those same steps, like the direction that you'd be facing, and jump over some other ice platforms and get to the ice cavern, which is the area we'll need to go in order to obtain the blue flame to get the king out of his ice predicament. Right, get the
2: blue flame to get rid of the red ice so that we can save the blue king in order to give eye drops to the red goron.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I know this is red a very red and blue small dungeon and it's not considered a temple, but it is one of my favorite places to go in this game. Is it really I love this temple. Yeah, I love this place. This it's is
2: so always cool. one of my least.
0: Yeah, um, I don't really like it. You know why? I just love the vibe
2: well the vibe is cool i guess i mean i mean it's ice it's gotta be, be so more cool you know what i mean and um uh yeah the pun? yeah that's cool get it <laughs> um but it uh i was drinking but it's ice physics exactly who likes ice physics who likes ice keys i do they touch you and you turn into a block of ice like okay come on now
0: <laughs> and who likes push puzzles, where you have to push giant blocks into things that oh, stop push giant puzzles blocks? Oh, push I puzzles in like Pokemon were
1: my favorite puzzles.
2: And
0: then so there's-, there's uh, 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 Who uh, are, are you? And then there's the,
2: uh, <laughs> like, Blizzalphos that are, like the, like, the statue ones, but, like, they breathe ice and freeze you.
0: Oh, yeah, the- <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh, and did I mention there are icicles everywhere? What are they called?
0: First,
1: they're called Freezards, okay? And Freezards (laughs) actually are soul... I want to say Autonomatons that have souls in them. And basically, they're living ice with a soul. Living ice with a soul. That I smash. And
0: if you don't
1: kill them fast enough and you don't smash them with your sword fast enough, they will regenerate. So either use your sword, or you can use Din's fire and just wreck their entire
2: existence. <laughs> yeah, you can one-shot them with that Din's fire.
0: And we we don't have uh, fire arrows yet, but same thing. Yeah. 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 Fire is good against ice enemies. And also, when, when you hit them, they make a... <laughs> Kind of noise, so yeah, you're and killing can, their soul basically. The, the
2: first few hits, you like smash their face in, like, like it literally like cuts off half the top of them. Um, but they can still breathe ice at you. Um, yeah, so the
0: ice actually comes out of an area that's no longer a part of them, I think. Like, the actual area where it stems from is their mouth, and a chunk of their mouth is gone. You cut in so deep at that point, yeah. So, so it's just kind of Yeah, there. it's a magic.
2: Um, <laughs> so so yeah you
0: can also hook shot to them
2: <laughs> but why would you
0: want it, to it counts it counts as a hit it takes one of the three chunks that are three hits It takes to kill them and it pulls you right to them but they, generally they do freeze you immediately after yeah that. so maybe not a good idea that,
2: that is something that i i did do like the one of the last times i went through um when i when i realized that i was like oh i can time this and like after they're done like once they're done breathing Hook shot them right then because they still have to recharge for their next breath and you'll have plenty of time to just slash them
0: up oh that's smart from there
2: so and they'll and they'll try to breathe ice at you even if they're like way too far away for it so um it makes that timing a little bit nicer it, it's yeah. you know not so nice with the ones that actually move because some of them move but the ones that are are static um it's it's a really nice strategy
1: also i wanted to harp on the ice keys i don't know if you guys knew if you fight them near blue fire and you you take away their like surrounding ice flame thing, they can actually fly back into the blue fire and then get their like ice cloak back again.
2: it It's so dumb. So is the blue fire hot or cold?
1: It, exactly it makes literal to no <laughs> sense because you 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 like block them with your shield or hit them with your like hook shot. They lose their well, ice, and then they fly back through the blue fire, and then they get their ice cloak again. It makes no sense.
0: Well, now I say it doesn't. It doesn't say if the ice, the red ice, is hot or cold. So the red ice could be hot, and the cold fire or the blue fire could be cold. It's so dry So it could make sense, and that cold the fire. the keyz gets all glowy, coldy aura, I guess in the magical enchanted blue flame. We're dealing with some next-level magic. Yeah.
2: When I get back pain, I use my icy hot patch, and I get freezer burn.
0: (laughs) What? Just put this red piece of ice on there for a bit, and then rub this blue fire on there. You know, it's all good. I'm sick of
2: all these icy oxymorons.
0: Is there really any other thing we want to talk about aside from the final room of this dungeon, though? I mean, you gotta use blue fire... A lot,
1: and you're probably gonna want like two or three bottles of it.
0: Yeah, you're gonna want a couple to
1: take empty one bottles back with you.
2: Yeah, you um, take it. You want you, you gotta take at least one back for the king. If you want to open up the shop, you need a second one. Um, if you want to mm-hmm. sell it to the sell me something with C person for uh a small fortune,
0: um, then you want
2: to get a third one out of there. But um, that's really up to
0: you. So we walk into this small, final room, which is, like, beautiful. There's blue walls and icicles oh, so like, hanging, it's like, kind of into... The, yeah, no, this this room's great. It's got, like, <laughs> this rainbow look to the ice. Like, it's all reflecting... At least on the 3DS, it looked really nice. Like, there's this kind of rainbow reflection to all the snow and the ice in the room. Yeah. And uh, we hear... As soon as we walk in, we hear this... Oh! Mm-hmm. And we're thrust into a fight against a snow wolfos? Is there a specific name for white this enemy? White wolfos. A white wolfos. A white wolfos. And which, uh, with dead. the Master Sword, will still die in one jump slash to its tail after it misses a claw attack. <laughs> and so his watch is ended. Just like the regular wolfos died. Yeah. And uh, spawns a chest. We open the chest. We get uh, We get some iron boots that are so heavy it'll sink us right to the bottom of any body of water.
2: Right, which is not even what we and came for. <laughs> but...
0: <laughs> no, but we're here, and might as well. Right. We will need it very soon. hmm And as soon as we're done grabbing those iron boots, we look over the chest, and there's somebody waiting to talk to us. Yeah, this is the, uh,
2: the fourth iteration of Sheik, or the visitation, I should say of Sheik, and um they have another poem for us i I still don't think they ever just say hello they always have to start talking to us with a poem yeah um but this one is uh is is great um especially in context we'll probably revisit this before the next temple episode or like at the start of the next temple episode um because that's what it's about um of course Sheik doesn't know that we're actually after a sword right now but it doesn't matter um (laughs) <laughs> what they share with us is time passes people move like a river's flow it never ends a childish mind will turn to noble ambition young love will become deep affection the clear water surface reflects growth now listen to the serenade of water to reflect upon yourself um and that song that she teaches the serenade of water is actually uh how you get to the well it's it's a teleportation song kind of like the um the Minuetta forest or the Bolero fire that we've learned before um, that will take you to Lake Hylia right outside what we'll, you know, get into later as the water temple. Um, there's a lot to unpack with this poem, but I guess I'll just leave it at that. And I mean, we'll, we'll kind of dig- like kind of pick it apart a little more um, in our next episode um, for right now, just, just hear that and kind of digest it, I guess. Um, <laughs> We'll be We'll be breaking it down later,
0: but now we have the blue fire that we need to free King Zora from his icy prison of heat, maybe uh we pour the blue flame onto the king and initiate conversation with him, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I've been freed is it was it you? Was it you that has freed me from my icy prison? He basically thanks you for getting him out, and then you can show him the prescription and he'll say, "Oh, okay, you need some eye drops well, you're gonna need the help of the Researcher that lives at Lake Hylia, he's going to need to take these frogs, which have an expiration date of a few <laughs> minutes, who to guess, right. for these frogs. Uh, and we're the, on another quest. Frog. It's the eyeball frogs. And we're on another quest to run all the way across Hyrule to Lake Hylia in order to get these frogs to the researcher.
2: Yeah. Um, so I don't know what to distinguish the, uh, or what distinguishes an eyeball frog from like the frogs that are out in the river or whatever. You see how
0: big its eyeballs is, man? It
2: does have some I big mean, eyeballs. There's some big eyeballs on that frog. It's got
0: big eyeballs. The
2: frogs in the river got yeah. pretty big eyes.
0: That's an eyeball frog. That
2: frog got some googly eyes. I mean, the river frogs have big eyes too, though. Eyeball mm-hmm. frog um,
0: Eyeball frog noodling. <laughs> <I'm> frog noodling. <laughs> Get that arm down there. Get that frog.
2: Um... yeah so he when he thanks you for releasing him he gives you the the zora tunic as well which will allow you to breathe underwater um uh so when you use those iron boots that that. we got you can just kind of like chill under the ocean if you want um if if there there was an ocean anyway but um there's enough bodies of water where it's actually very useful to have um Yeah, before we move on, actually, just just for our viewers, if you guys
1: use the iron boots where Jabu Jabu was, there's actually a heart piece at the bottom of that lake. Just
2: for FYI. Yeah, you don't even have to wait till you get the Zora tunic because you actually do get a good amount of time underwater before you have it. Link's
0: got iron lungs. You can just (laughs) an entire minute right under frozen water.
2: Right, you you can only (laughs) you can only dive for like a count of what five now. Um, or maybe six, because you, if you haven't gotten the golden scale yet, you still only have the silver one from when you were a kid. So you can only dive for six seconds, but if you have iron boots, you can hold your breath for a minute. <laughs> that's how that, that's how that works.
0: This kid was raised in a forest, not on an island or a port.
2: Yeah. He's a- His
0: lung capacity is ridiculous.
2: It is.
1: I
0: uh, mean, he
2: sprints a lot, you know?
0: It's great. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Actually, his cardio is just spot on.
2: I mean, he even like adds rolls in there for the extra.
0: Do you see them rolls? Oh my gosh! engagement. You know how taxing all them roll-ins would
2: be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Words. In? I mean, he can, he can do backflips. I mean, he's a great sidestepper, like a like a side jumper, I should say.
0: He does backflips on command with giant swords in his hand.
2: Okay, Link is a flip wizard. Okay. That's that's all there is he's, to it. He's
0: won a tennis match before without a sweat. You know, it's just he's, he's <laughs> insane. Sweat. He's just, he's great. He won it with nothing but a bottle. He didn't even have a racket. He just bottled the ball back across the net enough times. And
2: every time he does anything that's not just regular running, he screams. So like, not only is is he so good at cardio, I mean, he challenges himself by adding in some like vocalizations that would otherwise like take away from your breathing patterns yeah Yeah. the
0: kids got iron lungs man number one draft and let me add in a little tidbit about the bottle joke i just made is that during the Phantom Ganondorf fight, you can actually uh, reflect the same attacks you reflect with your sword with a bottle if you time it right?
2: Yeah, we all kind of went down that. oh We didn't all you know, go down that rabbit hole of actually doing it, but we all we all like watched that video. <laughs> not yeah, too long that, ago.
0: Yeah, that's funny. Right there. <laughs> um,
2: pretty soon, I'm hoping to do that strat I Yeah, I want to try it so bad. Pro strats. It's so fun. It looks so fun to do. Um, kind of a challenge mode, but whatever.
0: Play the whole game with a bottle. Yeah, so so we book it out of Zora's domain as fast as our little long act- actually now legs can carry us.
2: Yeah, um, real quick, I just wanted to mention how great it is that when you like ask the king for the ingredients for the eye drops, he's like, um, you might say we have the eye drops, you might say we don't. Uh, we actually just have the ingredients. <laughs> And that's when he like gives you the ball frog. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was humorous. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the answer is you can't
0: don't. can't do anything with him, But here's the ingredients.
2: <laughs> just do a staring contest. I'm sure it'll fix something.
0: Yeah, right. You'll lose to that frog. So we hop on, we hop on a Pona, and we book it all the way to the opposite side of Hyrule, down by a Gerudo Valley. Gerudo Valley.
2: Yeah. Um, <clears throat>
0: Southwest side. West side.
2: Yeah. Gerudo. Wait. Gerudo Valley.
0: Yeah, it's like under Gerudo Valley. Yeah, the
1: southwest side of the map of Hyrule.
2: Oh. Views. Like the complete opposite corner we're to like of Hylia, where you're right? coming
0: from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry,
2: I thought you said we went to Gerudo Valley. I was like, wait, that's not... What?
0: No, I said it's down by Gerudo Valley. Gotcha.
1: Now you gotta go to where the gates are. It kind of looks like a castle wall, and you yeah. have to hit Epona dead center at high speed mock speed the <laughs> opponent has to be going because I didn't make it, and then I just climbed up the castle wall with the ladder on the side and then went, and I finished with like twenty seconds left, but yeah,
0: it's yeah is the best pretty this. much directly perpendicular to the fence is how you want opponent to be when you make the jump, and you wanna do a speed boost, like kind of soon ish before you do the jump,
2: yeah, um. As long as you're perpendicular to the fence. Fa- I mean, I think that's the biggest key is being perpendicular to the fence. If you try to go in at an angle of any kind, like opponent might just be like, nah, nah fam. We don't do it like that.
0: Yeah, that happened on my way back. I got a little worried.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and the way back is like the big one. So um but yeah, getting getting into here. Um I mean we're headed towards the they I think th- even King Zora told you that you had to take it to the lab, right? Like take it out to the professor. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of extra background. Um, when you're when you're a kid and you go to the potion shop in Castle City, just this is like an aside, but it kind of it, it's re- relevant. Um, if you go into the potion shop, there's actually an NPC in there who will. Mentioned that there is a a woman in cat or like there's a woman in another potion shop. I think it's, he's referencing Kakariko, um, who apparently can make like the world's best medicine, which is kind of like what you had to take to oh yeah the Carpenter's kid. Um, and then if you talk to, I think I don't know if it, I think if it's as you're a kid or maybe as an adult too, when you first talk to this um, scientist in the lab. Um, he'll tell you, like, oh, have you met the other potion shop lady? Like, she's kind of an apprentice of mine. Um, So, like, just again, they're, like, building more connections from person to person and kind of, like, just fleshing out the the lore of, of Hyrule and just, like, how these people know each other and where they've worked together and stuff like that. So, again, like, I, I feel like at this point, without playing this mission, you don't really get the full scope of the game. But, uh, it is a side quest, and none of this is really necessary for you to, um, you know, beat the story, beat the game, like be the hero. Like, you don't need to know any of this. But I, I think that it really adds a lot to the experience to to just see all these things, all these connections between the NPCs.
0: Yeah, it's all technically optional, but to get the full experience of the game, it's one of the larger extra things in the game that you can do. So it's definitely something worth checking out.
2: Yeah. Um. I got to say, when you get to this scientist, I love his reaction. Um, one thing is, like, if you've never talked to him before, you have to talk to him once before you can show him the frog. Um, but then when you do show him the frog, um, my dude is like,
0: oh, yeah, frog legs for dinner tonight. <laughs> like, he's yeah, just- he's so excited about eating them frogs. <laughs> he's like, And then he's like, oh, wait. These are for eye drops. Oh, okay. Give me a minute. Like his whole mood just drops. Yeah, he's he's like, like, "I'm not eating tonight." But then you think, like, he's like "I wish you had led with that." <laughs> don't you think that the frog's eyes would be the thing that they would want to make? It's called the eyeball frog, so I assume they want the eyes for making the eye drops, right? Like he can. Gets... So why, why can't he still eat his legs? Right.
2: You'd think, like, use every part of the frog, man. What are you doing?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so... nah, man. Cooked frog legs, you need those eyes.
0: Make the froth. (laughs) It's (laughs) gotta be watching you while you cook it, or else it's not as good, apparently. That's messed up. (laughs) The eyeballs are the broth of the soup. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Anyway. So now we got some eye drops to take to one big hefty boy Goron at the top of a mountain who's got some soot in his eyes.
2: Yep, and I think they give you five whole minutes for this one, because it is... is. Four. Th- I had four. Oh, only four? Ah, uh, okay. They give you four whole minutes for this one.
1: <laughs> um, And an easy way to get up there is make sure that you had planted a magical bean sprout at the base of the death mountain because you can actually ride it almost to the top it'll like spit you out uh along the trail that you need before the skulltulas so it skips probably like 30 to 40 seconds
0: i ain't got time for these preparations well
1: if you did it as a kid
2: yeah i, I mean we never told them that beforehand i mean if you want to <laughs> do it that way you have four minutes go to the temple of time um <laughs> but yeah no um that's I mean that is a valid. Thing. That is a big shortcut. Um, I've never done it that way. Um, I didn't do it I that way. Have either, the foresight. But it's there. And, for yeah. you. because that plant I think is technically for. I mean, they made it for that too, I guess. But there's a heart piece up there, and you can you can cheat that heart piece without having to actually plant the plant. Um, there's a way to jump over the fence up where the first Goron introduces the concept of bomb flowers to you. Um, uh, and there's a way to, as a kid, Yeah, I don't know if, I mean, I don't remember if you can do it as a kid or if you have to be an adult to do it, to get the distance. Um, but yeah, you can, you can either backflip over the fence, which I saw somebody do, which is actually pretty smart. I didn't realize you could do that. Or if you go up onto that second little step over there, you can like do a running start and kind of do a diagonal jump over the fence. Um, and that's the way you get the line. That's actually long enough to, to hit the ledge down below. Um, it's real easy to mess up. Um, it's real easy to fall all the way down to the bottom and have to climb back up again. But, um, basically you can just get the heart piece without having to plant a bean, which I think is worth the risk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I never plant that plant. (laughs) So, so I've always had to make this run like organic. Um, I mean, I guess beans are organic. I did as well. You know what I'm saying? Um,
0: shot the three skull wall off the wall at the end, climbed up.
2: Yeah, and there's a now that you're an adult there's a there's a tech tight up on that cliff somewhere that likes to jump down and try to smash yeah. in your face.
0: So While I was climbing, of- I just saw him fall down past me. I was like, "Oh, oh you got lucky." Okay.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, that dude that dude is the worst. He'll he'll mess up your run for sure if you're not careful. Um but yeah, you get to the ti- top of this and you you're able to get the uh the eye drops to Big Goron and you get the wait, no, you don't. You don't get the sword right away. No, you way.
0: get the claim check. No, you get the claim get check, the claim yeah. claim check. And you have to wait three full days for your sword to be completed.
1: You have to play the <laughs> sun song six times, or just wait it out, but, you know, why? time. Yeah, why
2: would you just want to stand up on the top of the mountain and just, like, you know, tell, tell Big Goron your life story?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, don't you have a kingdom to save or something? Uh, I mean, it's three days, you know, it's fine.
2: Three days for double damage, I think I can swing it um (laughs) yeah it's like it's i don't know what the purpose of this was in the writing like i don't know why after all of this running around and sprint it's like hurry up and wait right like i don't know if it was just like a a joke about time or or what but they decided that after you do all of the sprinting around that it's going to take three days when it's just like uh well he can't just make
1: it for you instantly Right, I mean, just to be yeah. to be fair,
2: his younger brother took uh, seven years <laughs> to make one. <laughs> so
0: like, it could have just been a fade out. Though he could have just said, oh, "Hold on, I need a few days," and then faded to black and came back, and he just gives you the sword. <laughs> Three days later, they didn't now. have to make yeah, you but wait. I think
1: this, I think, this makes it more digestible. Like, it's an actual story. I think it it makes more sense in the terms of how Zelda progresses things slowly yeah
2: yeah like and I, zelda
1: doesn't just do fade outs they yeah. actually make you sit there
2: yeah i mean i mean in theory you could just completely leave this area go play the game for three days and then go back and get the sword like you don't have to stick around you don't have to play the song but like most yeah. people i mean after you've done this whole quest you kind of just want your reward so that's why you <laughs> just spam sun song over and over again um but I guess if you wanted the, the the immersive experience, you could you could straight up leave, go do a temple or like explore Hyrule for three days and then and then come back and get your reward. Um, and three days
1: isn't all too long. It's it's probably like 15 minutes, if that. Yeah, probably.
2: Yeah, it's not a, it's not it's not a huge undertaking. Um,
0: I would like to point out something real quick, though, while we're on the subject of forging swords in time. Yeah. That. Uh, this is kind of encompassing a couple other games that we haven't talked about, but throughout the Zelda series, they don't seem to know whether they want sword crafting to take time or not because in A Link to the Past, when you have swords created for you by the blacksmiths there, they're done, like, when two hammer swings. But yet in Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, you have to actually give the swordsmiths enough time in days uh, in order for your weapon to be created. And I find that just a little weird how they keep going back and forth on that concept. I mean, I want to just say
1: that that's subject to video game logic. I mean, in the OG Zelda, no swords were ever crafted for you. You just found them. There was like three different swords you could get. And well, yeah, I mean, in the, games, like,
0: in the games where sword crafting is actually a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's just video game logic. It's it, depending on how the developers wanted to execute it, I guess. They didn't really have a mechanic in a link to the past to really speed days forward, I guess. Whereas like this whole Oh,
0: a lot of the old games would just have you like walk out of the house and walk back in or something, but I'm pretty sure they'd just hammer it two times right in front of you and then hand you a new sword. It just it was contrasting enough to what we were talking about that I wanted to bring it up.
1: But I think they wanted to implement like more of the mechanics of this game whereas you know we actually have a song to speed up time so they probably
0: want to yeah. introduce. introduce the ocarina mechanics. of time yeah so it's yeah. it's got a lot of time stuff and even majora's mask is very time related with the 3d uh, the three day cycle yeah so so both of those games up, do have a like, lot of tie into time whereas a link to the past even though past is in the name which is also time related it's not so much time related
1: yeah, I mean, I guess they just can't make up their mind because I do remember in Majora's Mask when you finally finish the sort of fetch quest in there for the big game sword called the Great Fairy Sword. Uh, it's made for you within seconds by magic. So, yeah, I get it. It's weird, but,
2: you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, just bringing it up.
2: Yeah. Um, What I will say about this is that... um. You know, like I think that they they make a kind of a cool point. I mean, we we talked about how like you get a lot more of the the in depth connection between NPCs across Tyrule. um That like almost every every city and group or location gets a little more backstory from this. Um, but um, I think that one of the cool things to note is that because the the middle Goron like he never he never leaves Goron City. Um, He's kind of stuck inside in a little forge. Um, He works on this thing for like, you know, seven, like he says five or six years. So he might have been done with it before you got there, you know. But, um, you know, he didn't. There's no quest, right? Involved. It's just, you just go, you spend a good chunk of money and you get your sword. um, But it's not but it's not sturdy, right? Like it's not true. Like you take it and you hit some stuff with it and it breaks, Um, which means it's just, it's not the real deal. If you want the real deal, you got to go and you got to like meet and meet the needs of all these different people and like run around and like really invest in Hyrule, you know? Um, So I think like a lot of this game is about like the power you get from relationships and friendships and stuff like that. Like we've kind of talked about the first two temples are both – you know, the power of friendship. And pretty soon, we're going to start breaking into relationships that aren't just friendship. Um, and this is kind of just another big example of that, like you are, you are spanning all across Hyrule to every location, um, going from person to person, kind of like figuring out who, what belongs to who and who's missing what and like, you know, making, you know, so, some people have like these life goals of like smelling things from the forest, and you're going and you're like, providing that in a way um and some people are just missing stuff and you know big goron himself has like a an, an issue that you are like trying to fix at the end right um i don't know like i just i feel like there's so much more like you because of this it's like you actually you know it's it's called the big goron sword um but like when you think about it this is like this is like the sword of Hi- like this is like actually the sword of hyrule right like this is like it wasn't just big goron like you you actually had to interact with like and meet the needs of everybody <laughs> in a way it
1: contains the power of hyrule and that's why it does more damage than the master sword right like the master yeah. sword is evil's bane the power of it's the, the legendary
2: sword everybody knows it you actually need it to defeat ganondorf and that's all great uh well you need to defeat ganon you don't actually need it to defeat ganondorf but you need it to defeat ganon at the very end um but still like to seal away the darkness like that's what this sword is for but like the big goron sword it's like you know it's a it's a two-handed weapon it's like you can't use your shield with it like it's all about the power and like you get that power from from this major um need meeting uh you know tour that you take um i don't know it's like, almost I think like it's a really cool.
0: yeah, yeah I, it's i like that lesson
1: it's like a common theme in uh, most of Japanese culture. Like, we see it in Dragon Ball Z, actually. I know that's, like, a weird thing to bring up, but every time Goku does a spirit bomb, he has to gather... It's not really his power. It's everybody's power. He's gathering planets and planets of people's power. And we see this in the Master Sword. Like, yeah, it's it's like strong as heck it's probably equivalent to goku's kamehameha but the big goron sword that's where it's at like that is the damage i can never go through an ocarina of time game again or even majora's mask with the other sword that's equivalent to the big goron sword not have the big
2: goron sword it it just doesn't feel right anymore yeah it's like a whole different kind of game i mean you don't like i said you you don't get to use your sword and shield at the same time which is a little bit you know can you don't even
1: need the shield.
2: Hard to deal with, but I think that's part of the thing. Like that's part of the analogy too. Like it's you know it's a two handed weapon. You need two hands to hold on to this kind of power. Like like if you're gonna if you're gonna have like all of these different like people that you're caring for and like you're actually gonna take the time to get to know the people of Hyrule. Like that's an undertaking. Like you can't just like you can't one hand it. You know, <laughs> like, you got you got to get two hands on that job. Go all <laughs> in. <Like, way>. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, One I
1: thing think. I wanted to point out is, Do you, does anyone remember, I know Cameron remembers, does anyone remember it actually used to be a C weapon back in the day on the N64?
0: Yeah. It used to be, you'd you use it by using your C stick where you normally put your items like your bottles. I yeah. But now, even in the virtual console version, and especially the 3DS version, it's been added to the equipment menu so you can equip it like a sword.
1: Yeah, because we were talking really? about that. We remember, yeah, we remember it yeah. being a C stick combo, and I, okay, and uh, I think what they did, they changed it in Collector's Edition, which they did, they that did for update sure. a few things in Collector's Edition versus the N sixty four version. It's really hard to find the original N sixty four version, but Collector's Edition sort of kept the same feel of the game. They just updated a few things, and I think that was one of the things that they updated. Because I remember playing as a kid and having it, and it was definitely a C-Stick command.
0: Yeah, I remember that too. Unless
1: we're living in like the Mandela effect or something. Um, (laughs) Right.
2: We might be. Uh, I I know that C-Stick swords were definitely a thing in Majora's Mask, but I don't remember. I mean, of course, my first Ocarina of Time was... Like the collectors, it it was the one that released with the like they put sold it with the GameCube as like a bundle. They didn't call it the collectors then; they just called it Ocarina of Time GameCube Edition. Basically, it came with Master Quest, but yeah, there was no other games with it, and it didn't have collectors on the package. It just said like 1998 Game of the Year, like um. But yeah, I don't know. I never, I never remember playing it without on a C stick, but I do remember that happening in Majora's.
1: Yeah, it happens with the Great Fairy Sword and Majora's. Um but yeah. I'm pretty sure the N sixty four version definitely had a C stick command for it. Because I remember it as well for the Big Goron Sword. But
0: I wanted to say about what you said, Fonz, is that I, I like the lesson to be learned there where like the, the rewards you get through the interactions you have with other people and the bonds you make with them is worth more than just giving somebody money to get like essentially what you think would be the same thing but just turns out to be a cheaper imitation
2: right right i I think it's a really it's a really deep lesson i think it's a little bit like again like i i don't i don't know if that was their intention but it's there and it's uh i think that it's a great lesson to learn like i you know um
0: if you can walk away from it with that then that's a good lesson to have so it's it's worth reading into it
2: yeah cool cool well i mean that kind of covers i think everything we wanted to actually talk about this episode um
0: yeah i think that's about it
2: well um i guess just back to our our listeners if you guys want to reach out to us talk to us about like you know even you know do you do you do this quest whenever you play the game um what do you think of it like what kind of lore bits in it like do you like not like uh do you even realize or do you just kind of go through the motions at this point (laughs) um but you know like let us know your thoughts um definitely shoot us an email or, you know, at a, a for no B for yes at gmail.com or, or reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those mediums. Um, I think they all have uh, direct messages at this point. So if you want to send it that way, that's cool too. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and, uh, I guess we're gonna, we're gonna wrap it up there for this episode. Um,
0: all right, guys, I think that just about covers everything. Thanks for joining us here for another episode of a for no B for yes. And next week we're going to be covering the water temple. And, uh, yeah. Did you get all that?